What's going on, quitters? It's another episode of Don't Quit Your Day Job. You know me. I am your host, comedian Maxim Allen. Today is August 19th, 2023. I am rejoined. We have a returning guest today. Last time I had her on, we talked about her hairstyling career back when I was keen on not talking comedy with people, but now I don't care. So <laughs> she's back. We're talking comedy. It's Greenpoint legend, Bailey Poe. Oh, hey. <sighs> good to be back yeah thanks for coming on i um it feels like a so long ago that we did that at your old apartment and everything yeah you were probably in the first like 50 episodes i think so. maybe i remember thinking that um i probably should have been asked sooner and uh, <laughs> i was mad about it for a long time oh no uh, i lost sleep over it and i hope you did too i there's people sometimes who i find out you were episode 38 oh wow so but there are people who i will find out they'll be like I want to do your podcast sometime. I'm like, you're already on it. And they're like, no. Like, literally, I didn't have Chris Sharon for a long time. And we hang out every week. Like, <laughs> Yeah. She was like, she's like that, like, immediate fold of people when we all first met. Yeah. Um, like, yeah, early pandemic kind mm -hmm. of stuff. Yeah. So, uh, but now uh, this podcast, um, I'm just kind of interviewing people about comedy. I have no limits. I'm like, if I find someone who doesn't do comedy... That's just a bonus at this point for this podcast. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, part of me, I've been really stressed out about capitalism this week, you know, oh. like cost of living and stuff like that and planning for the future. And I was like, maybe I should just pivot this to only interviewing business owners. <laughs> Find an opportunity. It's just trying to figure out an exit strategy from doing the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> the exit strategy from doing podcasts is literally making this podcast studio uh, bigger and better, but also... It's going to be a long journey. I mean, we're doing pretty well, but I've done a bunch of podcasts in the studio and every time I come, I'm, it's it's just like easier and it's better to like to run really well. Thank this you. is not a plug. I don't fucking care about my you friend's guys. basement studio. Uh, not a plug. Shut up. This is my time. <laughs> guys, welcome back to go quit your day job. Um, <laughs> I No, it's like a, it's a great. It's a great studio. Thanks. Um, so we met early pandemic. Mm hmm. When like, we should have been indoors. And, when we should have been indoors. Yeah. yeah during that era. Like that immediate, like, when when 17 comics just couldn't stay inside. Like yeah. August, September. Yeah, I was going to say August 2020. 2020. Yeah. Stupid fucks. <laughs> so you, you started comedy a little bit later than most of my guests. Yeah. When did you, have you wanted to do stand-up for a while? How did this kind of enter your consciousness? Yeah. When, I mean, I... I love stand up even as a kid. Mm -hmm. um, and so I always like loved it and I always thought it would be cool to do it. But growing up, I thought like you kind of had to be like, I didn't know how you you got to do it. I thought right. you just, so yeah, I, I didn't consciously think you had to be invited, but that's in my head. kind of like somebody has to decide that you get to do it. Right, like it didn't right. make sense of how you would get to do it. And, um, and then in my day job for years, I started doing like a lot of public speaking, started using humor in my work. Mm. And, uh, and eventually it was just like, I should, I, like, I'll be, I'll be mad at myself if I don't at least try it and see yeah. if it's something that I'm into. And, uh, sure enough, I'm still doing it. That's fair. I think when you get older, like, it's funny when you see comedians when you're like a kid and you're like, that's just some guy who they asked to be on stage. Right. <laughs> and it's funny. And then like when you get older, it's like, oh, wait, there are like people who there must be people who do this like in an amateur fashion. Like you got to exactly. start somewhere. So like it must be possible. <laughs> I remember like some of the early like 
stand-up specials that, you know, like, um, when I was a kid, like, Comedy Central was, like, it was, like, more, like, premium blend. Mm-hmm. Um, and and then you'd see, like, some some of the hours, you know, like, Nick Swardson and Dana Carvey's, like, hours, like, yeah. in the, like, late 90s. Um, and, and you're just like, well, this is the thing that I get to watch. So I'm going to mm-hmm. watch this. So then all you know is these, like, very few specific comics that, and you can see their special t- multiple times per day mm-hmm. and you're like well clearly there's they've got enough comedians <laughs> you don't like there's like, there's not others like yeah. they have the ones mm-hmm. <laughs> um, then, then the internet like kind of helped like you know you get to start seeing like others other shit online and, and youtube uh, i think was mm-hmm. where i started finding other yeah stand, stand up it feels like I'm I'm jealous of people who kind of got into comedy around like 2010 because I think there was like before that there was like there are not that many comedians and they're like oh lots of people can do comedy but now on like TikTok Everybody. it's like it's like please stop doing comedy Dude. someone needs to stop it <laughs> everybody's profile says slash comedian slash you know like, yeah um, and it's uh, I mean I guess that was the thing like when I when I started. When I finally decided to do it, um, I like went to I went to an open mic um, once just to watch. Yeah. Uh, and then when I saw, I was like, "Well, I could, I could fucking do that." Yeah. <laughs> and that's all it <laughs> yeah. is, you know. And uh, and I realized there's no barrier to entry, and nobody's policing whether you are or aren't a comedian or, mm-hmm. you know. So, um, yeah, everybody is doing it, and I yeah. wish they'd stop. Yeah, <laughs> I, that was I went to two open mics just to watch before I started. And the, the first one I went to, I was like, OK, so the bar is like very achievable to, to be here, <laughs> yeah. you know? Yeah, for sure. Um, who did you who were your favorites like growing up? Um, just well, a few uh, you so, ever saw. <laughs> like, yeah, it was like Nick Swartzen and, and, and uh, Dana Carvey had specials. Then it was like uh, Paula Poundstone and Louis Black. Mm-hmm. Um and, um, gosh, yeah, those were like, but then like a lot of stuff that got passed around when I was a kid was like Pablo Francisco. Oh my God. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> His, whatever special he has on YouTube was like, I remember in high school crying, laughing at yeah. it. Yeah. You know, the one where he's like really sweaty and he does all the impressions. I re- yeah, it was a lot of the impressions. It was like, mm-hmm. uh, Kermit Frog as a pimp in yeah. like and like a lot of I I tried to <laughs> I was I was on a, a a road trip with my girlfriend last year and I was like oh I want to listen to like some of like old old comedy that I used to be into and I put that album on mm-hmm. and within like 20 minutes she was like I really don't want to listen to this anymore because <laughs> it's like it just doesn't age yeah it, it, his shit did not age well yeah uh, yeah it's pretty brutal. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait for uh, 20, 30 years from now when people look back at the stand up now and go like that, like dating is hard shit was like <laughs> really bad. <laughs> like, you supported Tinder as a corporation. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> After you the said 30 wars? years, that's going to be like five years, like from moving forward. It's every five years. People are like, I can't believe we said that yeah. in public. <laughs> I can't believe they were labeling their own sexualities like wow, that. Just, we're all just balls of light and just energy. Just throwing it in each other's faces. <laughs> Specious. Specious, yeah. <laughs> oh, so you're like, I want to try comedy. I'm going to re- regret it if I don't give it a go. You go to an open mic, you watch. Then where, where was your first open mic that you actually performed at? My 
first, like, I, I had done a little bit here and there, like, uh, pre-pandemic. But the reason why I started, like, I, I got, like, real serious, at, like, in the pandemic because mm -hmm. all of a sudden my day job, I wasn't traveling. Yeah. You so it's like, uh, pre-pandemic, I was traveling two to three times a month for my job. And so there was no way to, like, fit in anything without, like, um, then not seeing my girlfriend or whatever, you know? Right. And, uh, but then once I was just home a hundred percent of the time, it was like, I've got time and like, it's like now or never to like really try to sort this out. Um, and so I started real hard. Um, and my first one was, uh, an open mic at $3 bill. Mm. Um, and it was like, uh, it was like a queer, a queer mic, um, mm -hmm. that was, was popular before the pandemic, but, um, it, it was like the first one to come back. Uh, and it mm -hmm. felt like a good place to like restart and actually give uh, give some like real effort to it all. Mm -hmm. Had you been writing for a while, like in the background before you gave another shot or were you? Um, so I actually took an online comedy class because like I'm like really obsessive about things. Okay. Like I, I like, I go hard. Um, and <laughs> I was just like, you know what? Uh, you know, I, I'm just going to fresh start, like really like, uh, think it out and be like uh, professional about it. And so it's like, I'm going to like make sure that I've got some sort of foundation. Mm -hmm. um, and so I took this online course out of, uh, out of uh, Lincoln Lodge um, in okay. Chicago. They had um, like a, a femme or like, you know, basically, I, I forget how they say it, but it's basically everything except for dudes nice. kind of thing. Um, and so it was just like a, an eight, eight, week like online class that uh, about like the theory of writing jokes and stuff it was run by uh, alex cumin who mm -hmm. lives here now actually mm -hmm. um incredible comic and she was like actually a really great teacher and then uh, that that just like kind of gave me the confidence that i had five minutes that um had been kind of worked on mm -hmm. and like looked over by an actual working comic and then it, it that just gave me like more foundation to feel like i was allowed to start in a in like a real like serious way right right yeah no, that's good i think that's the the thing that the comedy class seems. That's the theme of the people comedy shit class, on like. on that like on classes a lot. But like for certain kinds of people, and I think I'm one of them. Is just like I want to feel like I, I have a starting point. Yeah, you know, I, I think if you just you're like okay, there's a an open mic on Tuesdays. I'm gonna go October first. <laughs> Fuck that. <laughs> Dude, no way, because I'm not going to, like, do anything until a week before, you know, like, I just like mm. structure. And... Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. I just I just went and I was like, I'm going to watch a couple. I'm going to write a bunch of shit. And then it all bombed. And I was like, I'm uh -huh. going to rewrite all my stuff. Trial and error for a long time. <laughs> it's wild thinking. Do you remember any of your first bits? That... <sighs> there was one that um, that like evolved into a pretty decent bit but i don't do it anymore um but it was like the the, the structure of it was like i work as something called a radio frequency engineer does anyone know what that is no okay well for those of you who don't know a radio frequency engineer is someone who's drowning in pussy <laughs> and like that was that, that was, was like the worked out version that was the final version before it was like it was like all bloated and like bad and i don't know i also did think about how in uh colorado when you get when like back when i was single of course i would be on like tinder or bumble and i was always shocked at the amount of like like cowgirls that were on there like because okay. i'm from like the denver suburbs like 
the suburb where I grew up is kind of a mix between like suburbia and like there's like some small farms kind of interspersed with it. But like I'd be on Bumble and I would just like see girls that were like bull wrestling in their first oh. photo. And I'm like, where are you? <laughs> like what? Where did you? So there's like a whole bit about that. That was like not good. And yeah, that sucks. Yeah, it was. <laughs> I it was really weird. Just I like described him as like um, as like people who like aren't racist, but whose dads are definitely racist or something like Calling that. Calling them cowgirls and not horse girls is a a, a, a strong call. Yes, they 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 are they were not horse girls. They were like <laughs> like full like ranch hand type. Okay, girls, like dungaree know? kind of folks. Yeah, like, totally different. Okay. Like when I think of horse girls, I think of a suburban person who owns a horse that lives over oh, okay. here or rides horses over here. Not someone who is like out in the mud with the horses at 5 a.m. Got it. Those are know? different boots. Different boots. Yes. <laughs> horse girl is kind of swifty energy. Ranch hand is like something totally different. I'm, I'm on board. I get yeah, it now. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. Anyway. It was terrible. <laughs> I literally, the, I remember the first time anyone laughed at any of my jokes really was me just like, there was one person at this open mic who was like an audience member. And every time someone would tell a joke, he wouldn't laugh and he would go, okay. Hell yes. <laughs> and it was abysmal energy and I just got fed up and I just like called him out and like roasted him and that ended up getting a laugh. And I was like, okay, so clearly I can be funny on stage. I just haven't been writing anything funny. <laughs> Hell Yeah. So I don't know. I think a class would I would have benefited from a class and someone been like, here's how here's how to organize this thought into a real thing. Yeah, you know? it's at least a good starting point. But like you really my my boss in my my day job for a long time, he always he always said this thing. It's like there's no shortcut to experience. It's like no matter how many classes you yeah. take, you still are only going to figure out like how you do comedy by just doing it an insane amount. Yeah. That's like, a good way to put it. I really thought, like when I started, I was like, I'm going to be, I'm going to be Tig. I'm going to be deadpan and quiet and like awkward vibe. And like one of my first bits was about being introvert. And then I compared it to the potato famine. Mm -hmm. uh, and it was like this long drawn out and it was supposed to be awkward, mm -hmm. but it was this long drawn out thing about uh, how, oh, the Irish goodbye comes from, uh, it, it uh. is, it's tracked back to the potato famine and so like I, I go in and i like break and i said like uh i did like a history of potato famine and then i was like so likewise sometimes when i'm just a little tired at a party i leave like and and i thought that it was so such a long awkward and somebody else could do something like that mm -hmm. but i realized real fast that that's not actually <laughs> my vibe it's i think that's one of those things right to do that like tense awkward comedy like Especially when you're brand new at comedy, that's a really oh, hard dude. thing to pull off. You have to be so, so not give a shit about what anybody, because it's so long. Uh, it, it takes so long to get through it. Mm -hmm. And like, you have to be more more brave than I am. Yeah. I also found when I was starting out that like jokes like that would work if you're like in a tight crowd. Like if there's like a, a room that has like a lot of people in it, an awkward joke works well because... It's awkward and someone realizes how weird it is and they kind of giggle and it's kind of contagious. That's true. But if yeah. it's a sparse room, then it's just you just being fucking weird. Well, and I was doing <laughs> it when we were doing shit in parks. Yeah. <laughs> yep. The very first time I ever met my co-producer, mm -hmm. Sasha Vondi, we were at a, a mic in McCarran Park in Williamsburg and um, I was doing another long bit 
an awkward bit about something that happened in my car at the time. Mm-hmm. It was it was bad. It was like, and I never even did it long enough to figure out anything good about it. But uh, I remember him laughing out loud and I thought it was doing well. And then like after my set, like I realized that only times he would laugh like that was when people were like making fools of themselves. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's great. <laughs> There's a lot of sets like I, I noticed uh, at like Mike's sometimes Lee will laugh like that and she'll uh-huh. just start laughing at like a joke that's like bombing for uh-huh. whatever reason. And then people will laugh at Lee laughing. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and the comedian on stage will be like, uh, OK, <laughs> it works. <laughs> it's everybody who knows Lee like is, just loves to watch pain. <laughs> Yeah, that that's tough though. I uh, it's funny. I can remember Sasha's like first jokes really distinctly. Oh yeah, <laughs> I that I mean we we became friends real fast because I I just thought that he was like such a specific weirdo for being oh, yeah. as young as he is. But yeah. like he's, uh, yeah, we connected real fast and and, and we're not the same at all. Our comedy's not the same mm, at all. Very different. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I just remember connecting with his his. I was going to call it work, but that's pretty grand. Uh, <laughs> I connected with what he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, and we all met at uh, Park Mike in Prospect Park. Yeah, yeah. That was, that, a was a, that was the whole time. That was like a real cool time of like, what else are we going to do? So we're all going to hang out every day yeah. at different parks in your baby. backyard. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah, that was great. I like... I remember during that time being like, this is so much more fun than indoor comedy. I hope that we can just keep doing this next year. And the answer was no. You're broken. You will. You are going back inside and you're going to go hang out inside and pay lots of money. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. Once uh, once the bars start opening up again, you know, I have a day job. So I, I've been trying to figure out what to do with all my stacks of money. And so now I just I, I give it to the bars where I perform for for free. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm killing it, you know. Amazing. <laughs> and also during that time, the, the work from home or like people were either unemployed or working remotely. Yeah. And like the free time that comes oh with those gosh. two things. Enormous. <laughs> yeah. There were a lot of comics. uh you know, that were like on, you know, unemployment and stuff like that, that uh, were working way harder on their comedy then than they do right now. Oh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> Which like it's fine. Like, I get yeah. it. I get it. But like, it's kind of crazy, like watching how you're like, oh, I thought you were like, never going to stop. Yeah. And you, you watch people stop all the time. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. It's it's one of those things where it's like. I like I'm in a place where I'm like doing it like once or twice a week mm-hmm. and I haven't been like as committed as I should be but I got like all this other stuff going on and then I realized I'm like oh my god Pete like I always thought people like would quit when they would just get fed up and have like an existential thing and be like fuck this yeah but truly it's just like sometimes other parts of your life just swallow up that free time and you got to mm-hmm. be like well I gotta I gotta pick one of these you for know? sure but I mean also yeah I was actually I was listening to your uh you, you had Will prepare on mm-hmm. uh sometime recently and I, I heard you guys having that conversation and like it is kind of insane that you know like you guys were talking about the grind mindset and stuff yeah. and it's just like you could just do things the as much as you enjoy it yeah which is fine like that's yeah. not how i operate <laughs> uh, like 
I've been driving like nine hours to do like one show, you mm-hmm. know, like, um, and that's, that's, uh, I should get therapy, but instead I'm driving a lot. Uh, <laughs> driving but, like, is therapy. Some people like just do it as much as they want, which is so healthy. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think it's, uh, there, I think there's something to be said for like a huge amount of grind. Like it, you're, you are going to have likes results much quicker obviously and that's a good thing once you get results it becomes more of a fun thing to participate in sure and i think the grind like just burns people out and they're like they don't see as much results they're like all right i'll put this in the back burner you know i'm in a place where i'm like i'm trying to find the fun again and i feel like i'm just stressed out by like life and shit that i'm like 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 i i quit caffeine this week because i realized that since like january i've just been getting super jacked up on caffeine every day and just been like buzzing and Uh like my sets have been getting worse and i think what's happening is i just like i was like i think my brain is just so overstimulated all the time that finding funny things is becoming harder in a way really yeah but i was also like and so I'm, i'm like this is like my day four of like cold turkey quitting the first few days rough but i'm like i want to like rebuild that sense of like joy and just finding things silly rather Uh than always just being hyper focused on getting from one thing to the next sure like i looked up an art i looked at looked it up and i was like does caffeine affect creativity and there's like an article i was talking about how caffeine is essentially really good for focus but really bad for creativity like there's kind of a that's interesting there's like a sweet spot but it makes sense i'm like i have like so many things scheduled between like like running the studio my like day job and like trying to do other stuff and like take care of just general life stuff that i'm like always bouncing around like next thing next thing next thing like let's knock it out let's get the next thing done instead of just being like okay let's chill out it's all gonna happen you know Uh it's like you need to if you're gonna have coffee then you have to smoke weed immediately immediately (laughs) (laughs) i'm not a coffee guy i would i just drink yerba mate (sighs) of course you don't (laughs) there's a guy from boulder colorado (laughs) confessing that he drinks yerba mate every morning yeah and has a problem with it and needs to quit (laughs) that feels right well you're from boulder or from denver i'm like from denver area Uh like I'm from Arvada, but that is like 20 minutes south of Boulder. And I lived in Boulder before I came here. So Okay. So I just, so I was in Boulder like last month or two months ago or something like that. Mm. And um, yeah, like obviously you fly into Denver and then I drove up to Boulder. I I drove like country roads all the way up, uh, which is a lot of fun. I saw a a fucking monster truck at a gas station. I was like, (laughs) hell yeah, this is why you take the country roads. Mm Um, uh, and I was staying, do you know Cody, Cody mm-hmm. Ulrich? Ulrich? Yep. He um, is, he's the person from Boulder that gets mentioned the most on this podcast yes. by my guest comedians. <laughs> Cody Ulrich. Shout out to Cody Ulrich. <laughs> uh, one, of the, one of the nicest comics uh, you'll ever meet. Um, and I was staying at, at his place in, in some, somewhere right between the two. And I feel mm-hmm. like it's probably really close to, to yeah. what you were talking about. Uh, what's kind of nice about the, like, Denver area and like Boulder is like everything is like pretty close and sure. everything is connected. It's car car world. So everything yeah. is connected by like a highway. So Denver and Boulder are only like 20 minutes apart essentially yeah. by highway. So dude, that train though that goes from the airport to downtown Denver. The light now, rail, yeah. What a big change. 
I haven't ridden it yet. Oh, it's great. I, I need to. Like, my family always, like, picks me up at the airport, but... And then you're still an hour from anything you wanted to do. Basically. that those That's where all the cowgirls live. Yeah, way Between the airport and the city. There, I remember when they started building homes near the airport, there's, like, some, like, subdivisions that are getting uh -huh. built up there. Be like, who is buying Why? these houses? <laughs> and I, I I do remember I was like when, when we were like approaching and I seen some like pockets of houses like you you fucking you started there. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't start near the highway or close to the city. They were just like, what about over there? They were like, we got to get the cheapest land possible <laughs> and start <It's> there. <laughs> wild. Yeah. We always growing up, I always thought that like um, if you let lived east of I-25, you were in mm. Colorado because you had to be, not because you wanted to be. Because on okay. the other side, that's where you have people who are going to the mountains all the time and like getting that sure. outdoorsy stuff. But but I, it is very different. Uh, we went, we, I'm one person. I went, uh, I was in Vail like mm. a month before yeah, Boulder. Yeah. And uh, that is a whole different vibe. <laughs> that <Yeah>. is, <laughs> that's, oh, that's Mars. Uh, like those people are, are way different. I I yeah. had a lot of fun, but like uh, it was it was so we were it was a festival mm -hmm. like Vale Comedy Fest, um, really well run, um, like very very well run festival. And the guy Mark Masters, mm -hmm. um, he like he understands that community really well, and none of the comics coming in really know what he knows about those people, mm -hmm. and so he makes a real big deal about nobody can repeat material and it's because he knows that it's a bunch of rich people who are going to come to every fucking show yep. that weekend and like they need to have a new show each time yeah. and so all the comics are like what the fuck is wrong with this guy <laughs> like he 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 does that for a reason yeah like if all of us like hadn't known it would have been a lot less fun but it was a really fun fest mm -hmm. but Vale's so different we stopped in uh is is there Frisco? Is Frisco a, mm -hmm. a town? Yeah, we stopped in Frisco on the way up, mm -hmm. and it, so somebody who is uh, this guy that is driving us from the airport, uh, he lived there, and he like let us stop for a bathroom break in yeah, Frisco. Yeah. And, uh, and as we were pulling in, I was like, "This feels like the town that you stop to buy a um, a personalized engraved knife." <laughs> yeah. And he laughs, and he reaches into the center console of his car, and he's like, "Like this." And, yeah. and he, <laughs> Uh, no, like Frisco and Silver Lake and or Silverthorn and not Silver Lake. Oh, disgusting LA. comic brain. Uh, but <laughs> Frisco, Silverthorn, and like Dylan are all on that lake up there in Summit County. Oh, yeah, sure. Those are like, I mean, the property's like really expensive up there, but those feel more like working class mountain towns because uh -huh. a lot of people like work at the resorts and stuff. But when you get to Vail, then it's like, what? A lot of real spacey spacey rich people but yeah. then like some of the people that like run businesses in in town are mm -hmm. so fucking cool mm -hmm. this set uh, there was this couple that owned this little like basement bar um uh, fuck, i don't remember it was like something cherries or something like that mm -hmm. um and uh they were they were like full-on like like ski bums from the 70s or 80s mm -hmm. that never left and they just yeah. decided to buy a bar <laughs> and they were fucking rad and they also like would shit shit talk like the <laughs> the vibe of the town like, yeah and it was a lot of fun so like there's cool people up there but it's also just full of rich people that are like a little like disconnected yeah it's what's fascinating too is like uh like boulder also people 
Boulder has this reputation of being like a hippie town. People are like, oh, those hippies up in Boulder. But like, it hasn't been yeah. that way what for a decade? long time. Yeah. yeah. But in like the 70s and the 80s and the 60s, like hippies did move there. And now those hippies are just old and rich. And uh-huh. like, or the real like dirty ones all moved up like into other places. But I remember being in Boulder and being like, oh yeah, Boulder is very affluent. Like these people are really rich. Like you can see it everywhere. And then I went to the Aspen Comedy Festival and I was like, oh no, like these are the rich people. Oh yeah. <laughs> I've not been to Aspen, but I've heard that. Um, yeah, that's, a, you. I feel like you mentioned, I don't know, maybe on Will's episode that you like, one, one of your first shows was, you won first a thing ever. for that. That's yeah. fucking cool. With Aspen's Mark like a Masters big deal. Mark Masters was in that, uh, competition. Oh, the, okay. the open mic competition. That's yeah. I remember call, that. Um, he, he and I might be going on like a little, a little tour, um, of the Dakotas. Cause Ooh. I did a podcast during the fest mm-hmm. and I talked about not ever like, those are two of the states that I haven't been to. Like, uh, yeah. like there's like less than 10 states I haven't been to mm-hmm. Dakotas are them, uh, in, in Montana. So we, we might do like a, a, you know, a week. That'd be so of Dakotas sick. and stuff. Yeah. I know so little about the Dakotas. I can't even picture what their geography is. Like I know about yeah. the Black Hills and that's it. I'm like, are these plain states? Are they like mountainy? Like, what is it? I, yeah. I, I literally, I know nothing about it. Like, um, I, and I feel like I've been to so much of everything around it, but yeah. you could get there because <laughs> I, I, I was in. Boise a few months ago mm-hmm. and never been to Idaho before and it's beautiful yeah and I thought it was going to be like plains like nothing and it was it was gorgeous the approach like in the airport or the, the airplane to just the the way that rolling hills are there was was actually very surprising yeah there's there's like a, a mini like real estate boom years ago of people who would like leave denver to go to boise because they're like it's just like denver number two <laughs> well now now like everybody there complains about california people coming um, yeah i mean i guess during the pandemic um, yeah a lot of californians either moved to arizona or to like fucking montana <laughs> and idaho you know yeah, the uh, in Colorado, it's Californians and Texans. Everyone's like, fuck these Californians, fuck these Texans. But it seems like Californians, just like, if they owned a place in California, they sell it and then they can move wherever they yeah, want. Yeah, for you know? sure. When I, so I grew up in Southern California mm-hmm. and I remember uh, like shitty suburbs of LA, like okay. sort of um, not even Orange County. It's like a, it's called the Inland Empire. Oh, and I've heard of this. Um, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> I always explain that it's like uh, it's an area that wants to be Orange County, which isn't something that you should even aspire to. <laughs> uh, but I grew up out there. And then so the house that we grew up in, um, I remember my parents bought it for one hundred and eighty mm-hmm. um, in nineteen ninety one. And they sold it in like two thousand five for 480 mm-hmm. and it's just like dude <laughs> they That's didn't plan insane it for but back they then did too. It. yeah wow i uh i recently went to southern california i stayed with a buddy in Idlewild, which is by palm oh, springs yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, that's like up in the mountains though yeah yeah so he, he lives on the like on the top of the mountains which is cool and then we went to like joshua tree we went to um oh my god i can't believe i'm spacing we went to palm springs definitely and then Went down to like San Diego, like we had a beach day in La Jolla, but we drove down through um, like, I don't know, we even know what to call it, Julian, 
but like there's like a whole like vineyard country oh, down sure. at the bottom like of the California. Kind of winding mountain kind of road yeah. uh, that goes and drops down into like San Clemente. Yeah, yeah, around yeah, there. Yeah, yeah that's did, a great road. We, did, we went to A lot LA of motorcycles, yeah. like zipping through and everything. I was always like, how are there like biker gangs in California in like the desert? And then when I went out to like Idlewild, I was like, this place is massive and empty. And like, especially by Joshua Tree, I was like, yeah, I can only imagine how empty like when you go north to like Death Valley and stuff is like Dude. how much the state must be empty, you know? Um, Did you happen to go to Salton Sea? Mm-mm. No? Oh, man. You were so close to something super creepy. Basically, Sultan Sea. It was on our to-do list, but oh, we didn't. Okay. So you know about it. It's like, a little like bit? an old resort, like man-made lake that like kind of got disgusting over years. Mm-hmm. And now it smells like shit, like for <laughs> miles around it. Like if the winds kick up, you'll smell it out in the valley. Like it's yeah. super bad. And it's just like dead fish everywhere because they shouldn't have been there in the first place. And, um, but like a bunch of creepy people that like want to live off grid or like hide, or like live out there. They have the, I know he, he was telling me, my buddy was telling me like, we were going to go through Joshua Tree and then down to there in like one kind of big loop. And we ended up having to turn around. But like he was telling me that like Slab City is down there. Yeah. Which is like the Dude, notorious, so crazy. Yeah. like lawless <laughs> hippie village. Vice has a really great special yeah. on Slab City. It's great. I'll have to watch it. For sure. It's uh, But yeah, I really I really vibe with Southern California. Like I like the desert. I mean, you go to like San Diego and you're like, this is the most. These places are the most beautiful places I could ever imagine. But sure. also I will never get a chance to live here. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't, I, I don't, I'm not against Southern California, but I feel like just having grown up there, I feel differently about it. Mm. Anytime I go out there, I'm just like, no, you guys could keep it. <laughs> it's just like a little depressing sometimes. I don't know. I think like once we got towards LA and once we were in LA, that was like a moment where I was like, this is like kind of eerie because it's so large and everything is so far apart. Yeah. Like, like New York is like a proper city in my opinion where it's like, you know, we can walk to things. Things are close. There's some driving parts, but like for the most part, everything you need is here. But like getting into L.A. and then he was like, oh, we should go eat at this place. Will you look up where it is? And I looked it up still in L.A., 89 miles away. And I was like, this is 89. not allowed. Like when you're on either side of it, yeah, you know, it's like this is cursed like no city should be this it's yeah it's way too much it's (laughs) and like like you don't like it's so hard to have friends like if you're like in the city at all because Mm -hmm. if you live on the east side you you can't have you're never going to see anybody on the west side right and it's the same did you do spots when you're there no i when i go on vacation i'm i'm just chilling like well good because it's like (laughs) it's hard to do to get like multiple spots because of how far everything is and everything right um it's also just a different I don't know. Just it's a, it's. Have you ever done comedy in California at all? Mm-mm. All right. Yeah. It's it's just way different. The I've seen them like, come here. That's it. Exactly. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. And like obviously, there's like amazing comics that live in LA too. But mm-hmm. like there's so much of like people like at our level uh, out there. Like there's it's so saturated with like actors waiting to be discovered. Yeah. People with like shtick or like stage names and silly yeah. and shit like that. Just like, dude, can you just be normal for a little bit it's it's funny to me how this is like this is also a reoccurring theme on the podcast (laughs) it's just like fuck la what is i have an la tattoo but fuck you guys (laughs) (laughs) it's like i don't know the um the energy is so different when like i feel like new a lot of new york comics there's like a breed of comic who is just like 
I'm doing stand up. I'm not doing sketches. I'm not doing skits. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing podcasts. I'm not doing like this bullshit. I'm just doing stand up. Yeah. And I don't think I've seen many of those people in LA. Like LA is like, I mean, I would relate more to that, like being a multifaceted, like doing a bunch of stuff, but like also actors and like that bringing the theater energy into comedy. I don't, I don't like it. It's yeah. I don't connect with it. I get that. Like it works for some people. People like that energy sometimes, but like, I don't connect with it. And it, it, it just feels like, um, I don't know, disingenuous to me. Like uh, yeah. most of the time, I remember I was on a show with a comic that was actually like great, like, mm-hmm. but he goes by the name Cope, which I, I've never talked to him since then, but like he was probably the best one on our show. Mm-hmm. But he would he is he went by Coke and he had a shirt of Coca Cola and I was like, dude, you're so good. You don't have to do that. Yeah, you know, like, and I I, I just like want people like especially people who are talented like this guy mm-hmm. to like uh, just be there with their talent instead of yeah. like the shtick that you kind of feel like maybe you have to do in L A mm-hmm. to get noticed or whatever. Yeah. I don't know. I agree. There, there's some people that like are good, but then they they lean too much on their gimmick. Right. It's like like I think a gimmick goes far for a little while, but like after a while, it's just like a crutch, and you're just mm-hmm. holding yourself back at a certain point. Yeah, I I, I like often like th- try to keep that in mind as far as like my m- material that I do because mm-hmm. like um you know I go on the road a lot now mm-hmm. and like. Although I do like a lot of queer shows and like I think part of the reason why I've like I'm not I'm not uh, unaware that like being a tattooed trans woman like is like a different thing to have on the show for, you know, to shake things up or whatever. Mm -hmm. So like obviously I'm going to talk about my life, but like I also like don't want to be like the the irreverent queer girl. Right. You know, like I just don't want to be like sticky. Right. Or like only have one thing. I don't want somebody leaving my show and be like, all she talked about was like surgery. You know, like it's just like, yeah, I'm going to talk about my life, but I just don't want it to be shtick. That's fair. That's that. I, it's also like I think uh, going on the. It's interesting because in your case, it would be like going on the road would make you feel that way, but like staying here, you would not feel that way at all. Well, because- and that's that's kind of why I started going on the road more. Is because I realized how like. You can you can get so comfortable. You know exactly what's going to work in Brooklyn, mm-hmm. but like most places, believe it or not, not Brooklyn. Not Brooklyn. Yeah, yeah. most places are not. Yeah, it, and not only not Brooklyn, but like so different. Oh like, yeah, we uh, we take for granted like the bubble we live in sometimes. Oh, for sure. Know? I've watched a lot of people, uh, like like Brooklyn comics, um like in other cities do Brooklyn vibes or like, um, you know, sort of Mm anti-comedy that like works here. If you stay within like the Brooklyn theater kid kind of comedy world, um, which like cool, like that's fun. Uh, but like if you go up and do five minutes of that and it's not working, you don't keep doing another 15 minutes of that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like shift and, and just be here and see that it's not going well. Yeah. You know, which bombs happen, but like if you are not aware or you're ignoring it, then it just gets worse. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> just like if you're gonna just stay Brooklyn, just stay in Brooklyn. Yeah, I like doing um, I like doing the tiny cupboard a lot. I mean, I love them, but like one thing that I appreciate about it is they always have like p- groups of people from out of the country who are staying in like Airbnbs and stuff. Oh yeah, and so it feels like okay, these these three groups of people, they're all like New York, but everyone over here is not 
So it's like a good, it's not like they the best great, test, but they like, have a great like mix of audience. Like, yeah. It's a good blend. Um, yeah. Yeah. Every time I go, I'm like, oh, right. It's not, it's really not a Brooklyn audience, which is great. Yeah. It's, it's like, there's some people like I, I've at, like hosted shows and been like, hey, how'd you find out about the show? And there are people who are like, I walked by the sign enough times, so I decided to come in. Hell I'm yeah. Like, Fuck yeah. That's that's how I want to live. That's what's uh, up. <laughs> but like you get like people like um from like France or like England or like totally different places. And it's like, all right, if I can make this group of people laugh one time, then that's like dope like yeah i at least have like reached out across like our international borders you know dude some and that feel, i feel like that's more satisfying to like uh connect with audiences that you've not you're either not comfortable with or you've never been with like i remember um dan frank and i went on the road um last year to i don't know maybe it was last year but um we were doing a bunch of shows and like most of them were like queer shows and mm -hmm. stuff and so that's like obviously easy for us um he's a gay guy and um but then one show we did in portland maine mm -hmm. uh we showed up and it was just the, it was like a big tavern bar restaurant plate and they had a bunch of like raised trucks with like flags you Ooh. know you know i'm just like oh shit it's gonna be a long night you yeah know? yeah <laughs> best show of the week really because they were like they were just there for comedy and they were like you know, if if you can make us laugh, then great. Mm -hmm. And like, so we went in thinking that they're going to be like tough and like not not want to hear about our our queer jokes and shit. And they were amazing. It was so much fun. That's so cool. Hell yeah! Like, I love connecting with audiences that I think are going to be against me. There's nothing nothing I like more than that. Mm -hmm. That's dope. I'd be I would be nervous too. <laughs> Dude, I was scared shitless. I was really scared. That's that's so sick. Hell yeah. So what was the when was the first time you went on the road? Because you you go on the road a lot. I do I do now. Um what was your first road gig? First road gig. Um gosh, I don't really know. Uh I feel like it was like festival stuff. Oh, mm. I mean, I guess it was probably like the first time I went and I did I did a festival in LA mm -hmm. like a a year or two into comedy. Mm -hmm. Um and then I got some like extra spots when I was out there. And I guess that's technically going on the road. But mm -hmm. like I like I like driving to like I like doing like a cluster of shows yeah. that I can drive to right now. It's like a lot of fun. Um, I don't know. I've done a, just basically anything within but like North North Carolina or, or North and then all the way up to to Maine. And then I've gone out as far as Ohio lately. Mm. Um, so I've I've done every state in that wow. that area. Nice. Um, a lot lately. Are you are you just like staying in hotels and like sometimes it's hotels, sometimes you know, depending on whether I know people in the mm -hmm. area I can crash at. Um like I actually Will and I are gonna so we're doing a festival in, in North Carolina next month or in a couple of weeks. And uh he and I are gonna do a night in Richmond. Mm -hmm. And I have some friends in Richmond and so like that's like a six hour drive to there. And so then I usually when I do a trip, I try to figure out like what's six hours or less and somewhere I could get a spot that maybe gotcha. I could sleep somewhere. Okay. But um, I do have a day job. And so a lot of it's like paying for a hotel and like just barely like uh, breaking even on the week. Right, right. You know, like I, um, what did I do? Last last week or two weeks ago, I did Pittsburgh and Cleveland. And um, 
I there's a comic. Do you know Steve Hofstetter? Mm. Um, got really famous for like crowd work joke uh, jokes on on YouTube and stuff. Um, he he has a, a a big like community. He bought a church basically mm-hmm. to turn into like a artist residency place mm-hmm. where they put on shows and stuff. And I performed there like two months ago, and then he let me just crash at the artist suite, which was that's amazing. Nice. And so that was no lodging, and then I got a hotel in Cleveland um, because that was like the actual like, um, like reason I started that trip was because mm-hmm. it was like a, a decently paying uh, gig and. Um, covered the hotel enough nice i think breaking even on like a mini tour is yeah i mean honestly i I, i've every time i see people that i like used to see a lot they're like oh you're like really doing it and i'm like yeah i'm in a lot of debt from all the success though (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean but it's like if like i think like a lot of people here or like in la are like in their spot trying to blow up to staying still. But there's sure. something to be said to like like going around and like meeting people in different cities and performing elsewhere, you know? Yeah. Like there there's something cool about like seeing a person do stand up in whatever town you're in and then years later seeing them on TV or something being like, oh my God, I For saw sure. them. I met them, you know? Well and I I think the thing you know, like I'm I'm older than a lot of our friends, you know, mm-hmm. and uh and I, I feel like I'm just, I think a little bit more systematic and like I'm a little bit more practical about like if I'm going to do this, I have to do it like really mm-hmm. organized and like with intention right now. Uh, and um, so I've just been thinking about like all the things that get you booked is like if people, if if you have uh, people on your, on your mailing list in Cleveland, it's mm-hmm. going to be a lot easier for a club to be like, okay, well, then it's likely that you'll right. at least have some people that are coming on purpose for you, mm-hmm. you know, and just like, so I'm trying to think about like when I'm on, when I go to towns, I want to be like laying a foundation so that I, I could come back and ask for more right. at another time or, um, or just, you know, bring something to the table. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know. I, I like I like just I like doing shit on the road and and knowing that it's like an audience that I probably have never seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they've never seen me because then you know it feels a little fresher to do you know tried and true material. Mm-hmm. Um, but also you know it's just an opportunity to like build a little at a time. Yeah, totally. I personally I love a good road trip. I love driving. Dude, I've gotten so, like, I've always loved driving, but I've gotten really comfortable with it lately. Mm-hmm. Um, last weekend, so last last weekend, I did a show in, in P-Town, um, like Cape Cod, and that was seven hours. Um, and that was a show that night. And then the next day I had to drive to Ithaca, and that was nine hours. Mm-hmm. Um and that was just that wasn't for a show. I was moving my kid into college because nice. I'm I'm old, but not not <laughs> technically old enough to be having this experience. First year uh, of college. Yeah, yeah. Congratulations, that's, when, yeah. that's sick. It's crazy. I didn't go to college, so I really? was learning a lot. Wow. And like just being there, I was like, oh, so it's like TV. It is like TV. <laughs> <laughs> One time, I asked my girlfriend, and I was like, so you you graduate, you got your like a degree or whatever, mm-hmm. right? And she's like, yeah. I was like, do, do they actually give you a paper? <laughs> yeah. Because I just thought like in like a digital world, like why would you actually like, why do you have a paper? It's for the wall. So, yeah. See, where's yours? <laughs> it's at my mom's place. In a box. In their storage unit. Yes. Yeah. Uh, 
I guess in my in my mind, I just thought it was like like a system online that like your employer could check that you did that thing. Absolutely and not. It's just a paper. See, it's all bullshit. It is. When I got my first job out of college, it was it like blew my mind how little evidence they needed that I graduated college. Oh my god! They didn't ask for trans. Like some some employers will ask like interns or like fresh graduates like their GPAs and stuff, which I think is bullshit. But this job was literally like. They had parts on the table and they were like, what do you think this does? And I was like, I like knew Hell like yeah. it was it was a specific set of like RF stuff that I did know about. And I knew like genuine like I kind of knew what most of it was about because they don't really teach it in school. And then they asked me a couple other like simple questions and they're like, OK, yeah, like, sure. And I'm like, you mean that I could have lied? For a YouTube video. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I could have lied. Shit. I didn't even have to have the degree. I could have just happened to study what you guys sell and Dude. then just come in here. Like See, that's insane. I like I remember when I got my job that I still have, like this is like 13 years ago. I had this, got this job at a big corporation, mm -hmm. and uh, and I didn't go to college. And so first off, that was a new thing for their system. They'd never hired anybody without a college degree. Whoa. And then they were like, well, okay, where'd you go to high school? I was like, that's also a problem. <laughs> <laughs> I did graduate technically, mm -hmm. but like it was from an adult school that probably still exists. Mm -hmm. And uh, and so then I had to, to try to see if I could get my transcript from the school that I had graduated from forever before. And uh, they're, they're just closed during the summer. Mm -hmm. And I was starting during the summer. And they were like, so you you promise <laughs> <laughs> that's like that's uh i i watch i saw some tiktok that this one was like if it is meant for you you couldn't possibly fuck it up and i was like i love that energy but that's like one of those situations where it's like they wanted you so bad they'll like no college okay oh we don't even know about high school all right. Okay. Right. Well, you can still come aboard. Like, like you, you, we didn't even have to have this conversation. Then, yeah. Did we? <laughs> no point. But yeah. So you <laughs> move your kid into college. Yeah. I think what was funny is like international students would come to college and then they'd be like, you guys use the red cups, the red cups what? from the Hell movies. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen those. They're real, you know? <laughs> also, I'm guessing uh, you go there. Did you do the, the big target run for the dorm stuff? Um, my my ex was there too, unfortunately, and so uh, she's <laughs> she's very like controlling about all that stuff. So mm. I decided to um, take the opportunity to let her go do that, and I just was able to actually have some yeah. And you're like, and I'm performing at your freshman orientation. <laughs> no, I, 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 we were like, because I had taken them to tour the school last mm -hmm. year, and I saw like in their cafeteria area they had like a stage, and I was like, hell yeah, I'm gonna come back here and. <laughs> to your school and and uh and so the other day we walked by it and i was like are you ready i, I have a solid 20 minutes just about you <laughs> i'm gonna ruin the start of your your college life <laughs> that would i i don't think i could handle that like how atrocious would that be <laughs> awful <laughs> be like, leave me alone mom <laughs> this isn't about you <laughs> but to be fair i think you would murder on a college circuit if you're doing college shows, you do great. I've thought about doing colleges, but I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I would. I don't know if like maybe really? I feel like I might be a little because I'm like kind of a mean. My stage thing is kind of mean. <laughs> and like, I don't know if that would fly. I don't really know. I don't, like, I don't know people who do colleges regularly, but like, yeah, in my head, people would be mad 
that I got hired to do comedy. I think you'd be fine. Okay. Well, I think college students would love you. Give me a call. I need I need to get on that <laughs> college circuit. That's like that when I first started, I remember hearing that it's like that's where if you want money and stand up and not be famous, it's the college circuit. Like that's Yeah, I mean, I've definitely heard that. I've I've looked into doing NACA just mm -hmm. to see if there's even a chance that what what I do is appropriate for it. But mm -hmm. I have no idea. Yeah, I have no idea. I don't I don't know anyone who's done that. I I you don't even know people who do corporate gigs. Like right. I know a couple people that do that. And actually I know somebody who does cruises too. I've and met like, someone who did cruises. That's but. like good money, but like that like you have to have like three hours because it's just it's the same people. It's kind of mm -hmm. like we were like, you know, the veil fest. Yeah. Like, can you imagine just <laughs> having this you're just a small town of fifty thousand people on this boat or whatever? <laughs> and like the, the and only 20% of them like comedy anyways. They're mm -hmm. all coming to see you. Yeah. I think you would get really good at crowd work, though. Hell yeah, you would. Like, real fast. I If I was to do it, though, I would forget that I already asked somebody a question. Mm. Like, I, I have the worst memory with people. Like, I just feel like everybody's familiar. Oh. Like I've always seen somebody's face. Okay. And so everybody's <laughs> always new to me. I am so the opposite. I am so like distinct about people. Like I'm the person who like watches a whole show before my set and I can remember every detail about every audience member that they've shared with the other comedians. And that's why you're a better person than I am. <laughs> I, I want to remember things. I so badly want to remember things because it makes me feel like in inside that must mean I'm like not as good a person as I want to be. Mm. If I can't remember people's names or faces, you know, <laughs> like it sucks because like when you look like me or you're tattooed like this and everything like it's just it's kind of hard to forget that you've met this right. thing you know and but like that it's always like some you know 25 year old white girl that like is so happy to see me and i'm like oh, fuck. <laughs> and i want i don't want that but it's just reality yeah. sometimes I remember like a couple of years in, Lee would complain that people would like recognize, like other comedians would be like, oh, I know you, you're Lee Lola. They'd be like really friendly and she wouldn't remember anyone. And she was like, how She do and I have talked about that yeah. before. And like, how do you, like, dude, I could spot you a mile away in a crowd. Uh -huh. Like you are one of a kind, like people will remember you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, I mean, you're leaving a mark on people and it's good. So. I still want to be a good person. Yeah. But. If they're happy to it's see maybe, you, maybe you've it's been just a good not person. The cards. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's been people who have been like nice to me. Like I went through this last year where there would be people who are being nice to me that I didn't really like. And I was like, oh, oh my God. That's because I've just been nice to them. <laughs> like in the, every time they've seen me, I've just been friendly. She's like, hey, how you doing? Good to see you. And then they're happy to see me again. I'm like, I don't what? There's people you don't like. Yeah, there's some people I don't like. There's not That's interesting. It's a, there's a it's very few people and it's very easy to break out of that category okay so but like some people i'm just like uh, i'm not crazy about you you have to be like a really fucked up person for me to like straight up ignore you that's what i was like, like i was like that's surprising to hear you say that because i feel like you're just down down <laughs> to connect <laughs> i definitely am <laughs> yeah i got the i got the golden retriever thing and i didn't expect i would that's, ever yeah, be that true. person like when i was younger i was so shy and introverted uh -huh. and now that we're doing this i'm just friendly to everybody and like it feels like a regular amount of friendly to me but uh -huh. people are like oh you're so nice to everybody I'm like, i guess yeah. like 
This is the bare minimum, right? I almost have. I don't know. I don't even know what people think of me sometimes because, like, <laughs> my the the closer I get to people, the the meaner I am to mm. them because that's just like the way I like connect with people. Is yeah, like, you're a roaster. I, I roast people and like I feel like I'm not going to change, but like I know that that doesn't always work. But like, uh, so a lot of my actual friends are like, "Oh, Bailey's a fucking bitch," <laughs> but ev- anybody who doesn't really know me is just. Like, She's surprisingly nice. Usually, <laughs> well, don't get too close because it gets worse. Yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> it's the opposite of what you'd expect. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I I can't not. I don't know why. I love roasting people, and it's it's good. I'm I'm finally doing a roast for the first time in a while. Oh shit! Who I'm, are you roasting? I'm roasting Brian Boucher. Oh fuck yeah! Which will, which will be a good roast. I'm excited. I'm once again, I feel like I'm a more roastable person than most of the people I roast, which is challenging, but it's only it's like a situation that I didn't know I was creating for myself by like hosting events at my home. <laughs> sure. Yeah. I feel like everybody thinks that they're more roastable because they know everything about themselves or they see yeah. themselves a certain way. I don't know. I I I mean, I think in a, in a real way, I guess I am more roastable. I, I did a roast actually once against Karthik Raj, mm-hmm. and uh, we met to like talk about like stuff, so figure out material. And uh, and he was, and I was like, well, you know, I transitioned this long ago, and like I was, and he's like, well, I wasn't really gonna do like trans jokes. I was like. <laughs> The fuck are you talking about? Like, what, what are you also not going to do tattoo jokes? Like, those are my personalities. Like, what are you? Like, it's like, dude, definitely do. And and he had some killers. And, um, but yeah, like, sometimes you are very roastable. But I also, like, I think everybody's roastable, especially mm-hmm. when they're as nice as you are. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, yeah. like, I love, I love making you feel small. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm... I'm- I'm I'm really trying to figure it out for Brian and like because uh-huh. Brian is like Brian is a very funny comic, very nice dude. Like the things I'm gonna probably go after are he's short, he's got an annoying voice, and he's bisexual. Okay. <laughs> His dad's a cop too, so like there's something there's or was a cop, so there's something there. I don't know, dude. Okay, you know what I would do if mm-hmm. I was roasting him because I know you know how like he like. The way he writes is like very concise. Yeah. Every word is mm-hmm. like pre-planned. Yeah. And like, so he's obviously gonna write that way for the roast. And I would, I would like counter with the like he's so good with words as if he's like in like the same way as like a serial killer leaves a note that's like really planned out. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's interesting. Maybe um, yeah. Oh my god! Maybe okay. his jokes are written in cutout magazine. Yeah, letters. I was just thinking that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely gonna. I don't know, Brian. Stop listening right now if you are on the off chance. But fuck you, Brian. He, he's been doing those. <laughs> he's been doing those like uh, TikTok videos where it's like him doing jokes to a fake crowd, basically. Oh. And his whole thing was like, "Yeah, it's fake. Everyone knows it's fake. But like, I want people to get mad at it so I can build boost engagement and like, it's like a whole." thing oh, wow. right so this thing about coming after him for that one like brian barred my pa to go bomb silently in a room by himself or something. <laughs> i don't know i gotta figure out like i've i've won like three roast battles and i've lost like five so i'm like i'm trying to like nail it down and get better at it uh-huh. but you cannot you can't get better at it unless you do it and there's only so many roasts happening you know do you ever watch old old like comedy fight club like um videos yeah 
Like I, so I've watched probably every single New York roast video mm. on YouTube. Wow! It's like I love, I love the joke writing structure of roast jokes. Mm-hmm. Like it's so different than anything I do. Yeah, that like the structure and the rhythms are so fucking specific. Mm-hmm. Uh, like when you get somebody. Every once in a while, somebody can do something that's like not the rhythm and like kill. Like Andrew Castrotano mm-hmm. used to like, basically, it was like a reverse on himself, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and but like for the most part, it needs to fit that rhythm. Otherwise, it feels like you're just doing a monologue that is yeah. supposed to be pointy at the end. When someone does a roast, that's like one joke, but it's like four sentences. Yeah, uh, five, like a like I'm like stop it <laughs> yeah you just roasted yourself with that joke like and you were you were at the show we talked about this i talked about this last ep- last week with clara Olshansky. you were at the flamethrower show where aaron did his uh aaron ablock clemens roasted lee oh, with the yeah, speaker yeah. and he had the, the the super cut of like all of her podcast clips like cut so she he, she was saying fucked up things uh-huh. that was good yeah i, I mean I like like every because yeah it basically like, it has to be like very specific uh like anti uh you know st- anti structure mm-hmm. to be surprising um even like I remember did you have you ever seen a clip of uh, Andy Samberg doing a, I forget mm. who he was roasting but like he, he's not a mean person obviously and so right. it was so perfect he like all of his jokes were uh basically a uh about himself like it was shitting on himself the whole mm. time but every single joke felt like it was going to be a regular roast joke oh. <laughs> and then it was like just him not knowing the structure understanding what's going on mm. um and like that was perfect only because everybody's gotten used to the structure by that point. right there was one um mac o'hara roasted belton and he had some great oh, ones where he was like wow i mean it was was it brutal? It was amazing. They really? were like the highlight of the night. Every oh, every yeah. joke was like so good. And Max starts off, he's like, I'm only going to say nice things about Belton tonight, okay? Belton, you've never sexually assaulted anyone, right? <laughs> <laughs> but there, was, there was one. Um, Th- that's Bel- a, wild, uh, a wild battle. Because yeah. Belton's wildly delightful and polite. Yeah. And Mac is like, like a hilarious, horrific person. Yeah. Like it, like it, uh, on stage, you know, he's just, he says some of the most fucked up things mm-hmm. and the two of them against each other is really funny. Yeah. And like, I think Belton gets slept on sometimes like, uh-huh. it, like Belton is, can roast yeah. really well. So it was a good one. Hell yeah. But I'm like, I, I love the roast battle. Like, I like the writing challenge. I feel like, like you mentioned mm-hmm. earlier, I think a lot of my material normally is very loose. So having to, cram an idea and make it just sh- short and clean it feels very satisfying oh yeah to create it's, that and it's have a it puzzle work. yeah it's just like math like it, it's really satisfying was comedy already not nerdy enough let's add Dude, the math no. to it <laughs> i'll get i'll get super nerdy about it we um we got way off track way earlier you were talking about going to boulder for shows yeah what shows did you do out there um so it was a festival as well um uh, Zoe. Oh, it was the Boulder Comedy Festival. Uh, it was the Boulder Comedy Festival. Okay, nice. Great festival. Mm-hmm. Uh, shows were amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, it was at um, Dairy Arts. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, each show there sold out. And and it was, was it, it was either 250 or, f- it was 250 uh, cap. 
there. Wow. And he, like they all sold out great shows. And then there were some bar shows and, and um, yeah, that it was a great fest. Um, a lot of fun, great comics on it. Um, yeah, I like Boulder. That's a great town. It's dope. Um, and also a friend of mine that used to live here in Brooklyn lives out there. So he was able to come and it was funny cause you know, he came, he'd never seen me perform mm-hmm. and, uh, and afterwards he would not stop talking about like how it, I was actually good. <laughs> like, I, I think that like he was like expecting it to be like just supporting a friend. Yeah. But he was like, no, but like, like I, I watch comedy and yeah. you were like, you were actually good. <laughs> I was like, I, I don't know if you know what you're saying in a full way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a little hurtful. <laughs> I also say uh, most of the comedy you're going to watch is like pretty low bar. Like I feel uh, like there's so much. Everybody puts everything on out there. Yeah. And like specials when you watch Netflix specials from like like a comedian's first Netflix special will probably be good. All of them after that, mostly bad, except for a few people, you know? I guess like, it depends on, like, cause I feel like sometimes there's people who who have put out specials like too soon, basically. Yeah. And you're like, you could have held on to that and like cultivated the, that material and then put it out when you were like more ready. Like, I, I, I feel like so many people right now are like, gonna record my hour and like, but if you waited until it was better. But, yeah. Like I am, I'm like nowhere near like wanting to record anything yet Mm -hmm. and like i have i have enough that i could do something but like i'm not proud of myself yeah and so like (laughs) yeah i'll I'll wait because i'm i don't i don't want that uh i just listened to jay's uh uh episode Mm -hmm. and uh she was talking about um you know like all of a sudden not having any material left and that's like yeah, I'm. I I don't know how I would feel after, yeah. like, just suddenly, like, overnight, being like, "Oh fuck." Yeah. Who even am I? Am I? I feel like it'd be a, like a relief. Like <laughs> some I, of it. Yeah, I mean, I definitely have some stuff where I'm like, I kind of need to do that joke because it sets up this other chunk that I still actually like and yeah. everything. But uh, I think at the same time, where I'm at right now, it's because I'm so much newer than you know people that are actually ready to release stuff mm-hmm. most of my jokes are a little really like this is who i am i have like yeah. jokes about my name and like about coming out and stuff but like right now my whole set would be like kind of introducing myself right but then your second my second one i'm like what would he how who even would i be at that point right right yeah just very new to think about like interesting not being able to like rely on the so here's my identity. See, I I have such a lack of that that when uh-huh. I do it, it feels ingenuine because I'm almost like or yeah, like whatever. I'm, I'm not gonna get hung up on that word, but like I feel like I when I try to write that stuff, I get sick of saying it. Sure. <laughs> like I got some jokes about being married, right? It's just like it's been like a year since we got married, almost, and like I'm already almost like. Mm, Cut all that stuff. I don't know. But sure. Like, I'm just like writing jokes about shit that's happened to me recently that I feel strongly about. And I feel like I'll have like, here's 10 minutes of stuff I love. If I recorded a special, it would be like popping a pimple. It'd be like, oh, I don't have to think about telling that shit anymore. You know, <laughs> I feel I, like a weight off my shoulders. I don't know if you get this. Um, So I've been trying to like revisit a bunch of old material that 
I stopped doing because it wasn't working as well as other stuff. And um, and I'm not sure if it's because it was bad or I got tired of it mm-hmm. or both. Because um, like I think as as you grow as a comic, uh, your new stuff it, it's better, and so then yeah. it actually gets better laughs, and then you get used to that like needing that kind of laugh. Mm-hmm. And then when you think about like, was that other stuff just not good or was I not good enough to deliver it yet? Yeah. Um, and so now I'm re- revisiting all this stuff that like I could be using if I just put new eyes on it. Right. But uh, I just don't know. Um, you know, sometimes I'll pull up an old bit, I'll redo it. I'll just do it again as far as I could remember it. Mm-hmm. And it does way better than I remember it. And it's just because I'm better yeah. than when I wrote it. But yep. sometimes it's like, oh, okay, it's just a bad joke. Okay, got it. <laughs> Fine. I find going through the old stuff is like a relief sometimes, like especially when you get like writer's block. You're like, what am I even going to talk about? Yeah. And you flip through like your old notebook, your old notes, and you're like, oh, my God, there's like some good stuff That's in exactly here. exactly why I'm, I'm doing this right now. Yeah. Because <laughs> all I've been doing is driving. And so I have a bunch of new jokes about driving. Mm. A joke, like I'm like later today, it's fun gutter. <laughs> and I've been like... You know, I usually want to try to do newer stuff on Fun Gutter. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so most of my set tonight is just going to be about driving. Yeah. <laughs> it's about like what I've been doing since I was gone last. Mm-hmm. And so like, so I, hopefully my, my, my fucking Cleveland jokes really land. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like I, I haven't been living anything other than travel. Yeah. I think that's fun, though. I think like, I don't know, I last one of the road trips me and lee took was from here to savannah georgia for a wedding oh i remember and i wrote a joke about it that was like there's some there's something special about the american interstate system that when you're driving on it for more than an hour you start to rethink all of your life choices yeah oh hell yeah (laughs) when you drive through like you drive through like these beautiful scenic places and you're driving through like four hours through a mountain range just through the woods or through some plains and you're just staring at the road, you get so like, what am I doing? Who am I? Where am I going? Oh, yeah. You know? It's and you weird. drive, I, I I remember last year I was driving through the the Smoky Mountain mm-hmm. and uh and like there's some like real like like gas station and nothing else kind of towns. Yeah. And and you just you'll drive by like just like a cute little house and you see somebody on the porch. And you're like, oh, that's a that's a fucking real person. <laughs> like that person just wakes up. And has coffee on that porch. Might go run to, you know, manage the general store or something. Like, man, what the fuck am I doing? Yeah, it's wild. Like there's so many different ways you could do life. And you're like, I'm just doing this kind of exhausting version. Especially in like those like super remote places. Yeah. Like too, like I think New York ruined me because now I always want to be around people that I can just connect with and meet and like. Like it's one of the luxuries of being here is no matter what age you are, there are a ton of people that age also around. Sure. You know? Yeah, yeah. But like in like really rural parts, like there are people who are like 19 years old and are the only 19 year old for like 200 miles around. Oh yeah. You know? I'm like, dude, it's it's like I think about that for like queer people when I go do shows Mm. in like smaller parts of the country, like and there's queer people that come to the show. I'm like, dude, that. Like you just know you know the other four, yeah. <laughs> like you guys better like each other because that's yeah. all you got, you know. Like unless you make the trip to to Dayton, yeah. You know, 
it's it's it is wild it's like there okay when was it? it was like after um i think it was after world war one or world war two maybe it was like after the napoleonic wars but there's like a map of france and its population distribution prior to one of the wars and then afterward and everyone just condensed into like city centers oh, really and it's almost like we're supposed to live around a bunch of people uh-huh. and so when i when you when i drive you drive through america and you're like you guys live two hours from the nearest grocery store. Like, yeah, how it like, I don't, I can't even comprehend like wanting to do that. Like, I feel like I can't leave New York because no matter where I go, it's going to feel like a remote wasteland compared to here. You know? I wonder if that distribution thing would be different if like during like internet, like digital life, because mm-hmm. I feel like most people are able to find community online mm-hmm. in some way. And so then like, I think people feel more connected uh, and and maybe there'd be like less of that. I don't know. I think, I think we're all kind of like in America, we're trending towards people um, being sick of having to own a car to live places like, and also being far from everything. I think people are getting like the young people are getting fed up with that. And that's why it's like you watch content and there's the content is coming from like four places. It's like, LA, New York, Chicago, maybe like Portland or something. And because people like they everyone wants all the amenities and all the people around them, you uh-huh. know? Well, you know it's funny. So me and my girlfriend were talking about this recently where um she like was watching um like some TikTok, like a, a lesbian TikTok couple. Um, and they had moved somewhere and they obviously aren't like, hey, we moved to this address, you know, but like they moved um, from um, somewhat of a major city to somewhere smaller. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's like, what, wh- where, why? Like, why would you leave to less? Yeah. Why would you be a queer person and go somewhere with less people? And like, so <laughs> like one evening we were kind of like low key, like trying to like, figure it out connect the dots you know like <laughs> where the fuck would they move on mm-hmm. purpose as as queer people uh that's smaller than the already like not like top city that they were in or whatever right um and so i don't i feel like some some people are equally like looking to to um i don't know lay lay low mm-hmm. you know as well i don't know i think about like I think about how I don't think I'll be in New York forever. Mm-hmm. I've been here for 13 years and I still like it. But uh, I think if comedy got to the place where I could sustain myself with road stuff, yeah, I could I could live anywhere, right? And then just do road stuff because um, I would love to have a, like a yard and like yard and I don't know, <laughs> like just not be not not here like that my late my neighbors come in late at night or right or, you, know, you know that kind of thing every once in a while you're like those are really simple requests but like <laughs> yeah. maybe someday i know i i like i'm always trying to figure it out you know for like the future of like where where would we start a family you know like how would we pull this off because part of me would be terrified of starting a family in this rental market right oh. like imagine like raising a kid and every single year you have to worry about your current landlord jacking your rent up seven hundred dollars i mean that's i've done that oh my god i <gasps> it's so stressful to even think about that like my like my fantasy <laughs> there's there's like there's like i'm always rotating them through my head about what would be the best option 
It's like mom's basement. Mom's got a big basement <laughs> too. Like there's some parts of like Michigan, like where we got engaged that are like really beautiful countryside and like small, like beach towns, essentially. Oh, okay. Where it's like really nice. They have good amenities, but it's kind of out of the way, but like not too out of the way. But the housing is pretty cheap. So I'm like, that could be sick. And then like sometimes I'm just like China. Just start just. over. Just roll those <laughs> dice, baby. <laughs> they got they got better healthcare options, so it should be okay. <laughs> does does Lee's family live there? Yeah, they're in China. Do they have a basement? <laughs> <laughs> I think they got a couple. <laughs> Hell yeah. Problem solved. But yeah, it's like and so the like looking at New York, it's like I mean, for me, this experience has been like so cool living here and connecting with people and like meeting creatives and meeting people who are doing all pursuing all sorts of like life paths, yeah. you know, that like the thought of moving somewhere where people are just kind of like waiting to die <laughs> is very for sure. scary. I don't. Yeah. I mean, like when, living in New York, everybody's doing whatever it is they're doing way bigger than they need to. Yeah. You know, like no matter what you're doing, like you're mm -hmm. the, you're the fucking best barista. That, yeah. you know or you're the you know whatever like everybody's doing everything huge i think about people that i grew up with in my hometown even though it's like a suburb out of la it's still like just mm -hmm. like any other like shitty hometown and people who like shit on our hometown but never left right still live there you're like a fucking rancho cucamonga and it's like no you're allowed to leave yeah like yeah. this is on you now <laughs> you're why it sucks mm-hmm yeah, I I would do. I don't shit on my hometown like at all. Like it was a pretty nice area. <laughs> I, I enjoyed I enjoyed growing up. I mean, like the way you know it Rancho. So we lived in um, a place called Rialto okay. until I was ten. Rialto was like not safe at all. Uh, I remember we didn't know because we were so young, but we used to play this game where you stay below the window seal. <laughs> um, so like be you know we found out later because yeah. when my mom would hear gunshots and stuff. And so then uh, when I was 10, we moved um, we moved literally like half hour drive to Rancho Cucumunga, which was um, at the time the seventh safest city in America. Mm -hmm. um, and all of a sudden I was like able to skate around the block yeah, or like yeah. I could I walked to school and I remember being able to just be outside alone. I was like, dude. This is the best place ever. <laughs> so I, I enjoyed growing up where I grew up. And yeah. just like, you know, I, the, the music scene was fun because it was like, you know, you could do it. And mm -hmm. Everybody had a garage and it was, you know, a lot of, you know, we were the poor people like on the block. But like a lot of my friends like had like nice houses and they had like a good equipment and stuff for the bands that we were in. So mm -hmm. it's great. That's sick. I remember I remember being a kid, the, the going outside thing, like. We moved to Colorado when I was like four and we lived in an apartment building for a little bit. And then we moved to like a real house, in like a suburb. And I remember when I was finally like 10 years old and I got to walk around the block by myself. Yeah. I was like, oh, my God, the freedom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And in Rialto, we weren't allowed to go past either the house, like on each side of our of our. Whoa. So it was like or no, it was two this way because our friend, my, my our friend lived two this way and then one this way. So I would just skate up and down the sidewalk there. <laughs> I, I, I wonder about kids in like uh, New York in like Brooklyn, like, yeah, or like Halloween here. I still don't understand how trick or treating works in Brooklyn. I mean, in my neighborhood, uh, you go to like stores, like mm. some of like, like your deli, it's going to have 
like a, a bucket of candy. So mm-hmm. you can go in the stores on like some of the main streets, at least in North Brooklyn. And uh, then like some like blocks, they'll have people who sit on the stoop with candy. Oh, okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. I I've was heard like, other people like they'll, they like, their building, if they live in like a big building, mm. um, you can go door to door in some people's buildings. Okay. I guess that, that works out then. Yeah. So I'm like, I can't, I'm almost like imagining like having a little kid in the city. I'd be like, you are, you can be like in the apartment or you can be in my line of sight. Like yeah. don't wander off anywhere, you know? When my kids started going, um, like walking themselves to their friend's house, it was like a 10 minute walk away. Mm-hmm. I was like, Am I a bad mom? <laughs> and that was like at like thirteen. Was that in New York or somewhere else? Here, yeah, here, yeah. okay. Yeah, I've I've lived in in uh, Greenpoint uh, for thirteen years. Thirteen years, okay. In college age, so they're probably about like five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We moved here right at right before, uh, like right before mm. uh, kindergarten started. Okay, that's like yeah, that that <laughs> ten minute walk in New York for a kid, I'd be like. You know where you're going, right? Yeah, like text me when you get there for real, and and then they never would. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was just like, yeah, I, I need you to like have experiences and like make friends and stuff. But I don't know if it's worth it here. <laughs> <laughs> someone once I forgot who, maybe it was someone online. It was like an Ask NYC question. They're like, what is actually dangerous in New York? New York seems really safe. And like a bunch of the answers were just like, just watch out for teenagers. If there's teenagers in a group, don't (laughs) be near them. (laughs) Two or three or more uh, eighth graders, then you're you're definitely (laughs) going to like have a bad week. Yeah. Adults, don't worry about them. The kids, 13 year olds, (laughs) stay away. (laughs) Worst. So um, we're kind of. We're getting close to the end this year. Oh, that doesn't work for me. What? Uh, <laughs> this is part one. This is part one. Come back next week for part two. No. <laughs> what? Um. What are your favorite spots you've been to on the road so far? Um. That's a good question. I. I. Oof. I've been doing in Pittsburgh a bit more lately, mm. and there's their scene is really fun. There's like a lot of uh like independent shows, and um that's been fun lately. I. I honestly, this year has been a lot of Colorado, mm-hmm. and I love. I love their scene. Everybody out. I mean, there's some amazing comics mm-hmm. in Colorado, in the Denver area, and um, so I've had a lot of fun there. Uh, I I drive. Uh, I've done a lot of like um, sort of like central mass, like Northampton. Mm-hmm. Um, a friend of mine, Ange Buxton, runs a bunch of stuff there, and like everything that I've ever done up there has been fun, whether it's been small or like or packed. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I, I just um, I like seeing other people's com- like um comedy scenes yeah like that's a lot of fun for me um cleveland um there's a couple shows there's like a S- snowflake is one um production or like producer that runs some really fun shows and then um secret society is another mm-hmm. that like they do like kind of the don't tell style thing gotcha um where they like run things at the like coffee shops or or whatever you know um what a, what are some like if someone wanted to like get on like a comic wanted to start doing the road for the first time, what's some advice you would give them? What are some big lessons learned? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I don't know. I would, I would, boy, that's a good question. The, the thing is like when I started doing road stuff, it's because I've met a lot of people at festivals. Yeah. Like a lot of comics like to shit on festivals because it's, you know, you cost money to submit. And then a lot of times you don't get in. I get turned down for festivals 
all the time, mm-hmm. but I, I submit to so many. And, and so it's just like a numbers game, you know? Mm-hmm. But uh, most of my road work is from meeting people on festivals. Mm. Um, and so I feel like um, the way that I do it, I don't know if it's really advice, but I like to, I like to go and I know like vaguely what I want to do, but I want to feel out what the people are like. Yeah, and I, um, I, I guess it's more just a comedy, like uh, preference versus advice. But like, I always open with something that is about them and about their community or, or like about my day, mm-hmm. just because I feel like, um, especially if you come in as the New York City comic, yeah, like a- automatically people's walls are up, like thinking, so high. like yeah, <laughs> yeah. and. So I usually either try to shit on myself or try to connect with something that I actually mm. really like about like their their uh, their city and stuff like that. Um, but on top of it, I think the only reason I've gotten road work is because when I go to festivals, I like to connect with other people. And mm. like, I feel like 90% of my growth right now is just from being like decent to be around. Uh, there's <laughs> not so a many, good person, but decent to not, be around. Yeah, no, not a good person. Uh, just, just an interesting, memorable hang. Mm. Um, I think the festivals thing is good advice. Yeah, a hundred percent. And and if you're gonna do festivals, you go to other people's shows. You be around. You hang out. Like be like, just like be easy to work with. Mm-hmm. You know, like uh, repost even things like that. Like, like you you've you've produced shows in the past and just like it's so easy to repost the flyer and so (laughs) many people fucking won't it's so it's so funny how fucking mad everyone gets about it but like justifiably it's like (laughs) yeah be like don't come and shit on the fact that the show's like empty if you didn't even repost it yeah like dude (laughs) it's so hard to put a show together like yeah. at least just help out with that part. And so, it, you so know, you like, spend all this time producing and then all you got to do, you just, I booked you. Here's the thing. Just repost it on your Instagram. I made this. Yeah. I made this flyer. It's and got your name you on it. Stage time. Like I, I'm, I set this up for you to win. Yeah, exactly. You're going to leave with a little <laughs> bit of money. Yeah. And like, just press repost. It's, it's so a, easy. You know, it's just like, uh, 90% of my experience in comedy is just, been produced or shows produced by other comics yeah and so it's like just be be remembered as like fun to have around or like a good vibe um collaborative yeah um because i started doing festivals way before i probably should have like Mm -hmm. and i think that i got lucky with some and um and it's it's definitely like paying off it's almost like i guess like now that you've said it like that I, I haven't done festivals because I'm like, oh, that's like a lot. That's like a lot of expense to do something that's like they don't pay usually. Right. Typically not. Right. It's like that's a lot of expense, like fly somewhere, get a room, do this. But it's like makes sense. Like you're investing in your network in yeah. a way. Yeah. And I mean, in, in a real. Yeah. Like in a real way, like uh, like I was thinking, let's see, the two year two months ago, I did a trip to Pittsburgh and to Cleveland and um. I got asked to come to Pittsburgh for a show to like headline a show mm. that was like decent pay, and um, they were they gave me a place to stay, and that was only because I had met a comic in at a festival in Alaska earlier this year that we just were cool. We just kind of got to know each other there, and so you know he wouldn't have hit me up 
Right. If we hadn't met and and it, it hadn't gone well. Mm-hmm. And so even though I spent, I mean, honestly, I probably lost, I'd say twelve hundred dollars mm-hmm. by going to Alaska. Um, you know, I made back a portion of that already mm-hmm. from just having met people there. Um, and so you kind of have to play a long game with it, you know, like if yeah. it's gonna cost you a thousand dollars to go to Boulder Comedy Fest, uh, just make sure that you're taking you know, merch, you know, to like give away or mm-hmm. anything, you know, like I I make stickers. I think about you a lot when I get stickers made because you love making stickers. Yeah. Um, and hell yeah. Well, <laughs> I, uh, yeah. So it just kind of, I feel like you kind of have to have a little bit more business mind about, yeah. about it if you want it to uh, pan out, mm. you know, it's an investment. It's a thousand dollars to go meet a bunch of people that might remember liking you and mm-hmm. booking me you know zoe who runs boulder she's incredible she's also very funny, really funny. she's also really uh um a very giving producer mm-hmm. like very like uh, accommodating and she you know she's like please let me know when you can come back we can do some shows and so like that those are shows that i would not have known how to get set up and so it's all just like little things that you're just kind yeah. of um, building up a dam of like little connections. Yeah, yeah, that's a good way to put it. Interesting. So I like that's how I think about like the local community and scene, yeah. like all the projects and things you collaborate on, people you meet. But it makes sense like to build that nationally slash internationally as well. For sure. Cool. Hell yeah. Well, we're down to our final question. Okay. What do you love about stand-up comedy? Uh, it's community. it's community's connection. Um, I like that it's something that pulls all sorts of different people that wouldn't connect otherwise Mm -hmm. together, whether it's with other comedians or whether it's with an audience. Um, I I love like connecting with other people. And um, one of my favorite documentaries is the um, Comedians of Comedy documentary. So it's like, uh, Pat Oswald, Brian Posehn, Maria Bamford, and Zach Galifianakis, they like them going on the road and like they're all kind of weird fuck ups at that point. Mm-hmm. And uh, them just being together uh, as like awkward, like nerds mm-hmm. um, and finding this like really beautiful community. And so comedy is like m- more about community than anything uh, to me. Hell yeah. I love it. Where can people find you? Hell yeah. Um, the uh, baileypopecomedy.com has got all my dates. Um, and then you can follow me on Instagram at uh, the actual Bailey Pope. Guys, go follow Bailey everywhere. Go to her shows. Get on her mailing list. Hell yes. If you're not in Please New York, that, yeah. uh, get on her mailing list and be like, hey, do a show here. Uh, <laughs> I will text you only if I'm coming within two hours of your your zip code. <laughs> and uh, go to Fun Gutter as well. Yes, Fun Gutter. Come tonight. You won't hear this before that, but I hope you were there. Guys, build a time machine, go back in time three days and go to Fun Gutter. Don't fuck this up like you always do. (laughs) Fun Gutter (laughs) is a uh, monthly show. It's a monthly show. So go check out Fun Gutter run by Bailey and Sasha Von D, former many multiple time guest. Um, They got a band. They got jokes. It's great. Thank you for coming on. Thanks for having me. It's great having you back on. Super fun. I'm glad that uh, you're getting out there. Big day for both of us. Big day. Have fun driving. Bye, guys.